everybody. Welcome to Street Fight Radio. We're back from vacation. It's the number one anarcho-comedy radio show. You hear it across the nation, uh, on your podcasts, app, whatever that may be. Uh, if you're in Columbus, Ohio, you can hear us on WCRS-FM every single Sunday night. Uh, Wednesdays is the basement show. Me and Brian yelling at each other. Uh, chatting along, looking at everybody here uh, in the live stream. Thank you for being here. If you're on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, any of those, uh, we'll be chatting along with you. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, I, I'm already excited to be back. We did the pre-show, like the, the getting the stream started, Brian and I were already revved up. Uh, there's been a lot happening since the last time that we got to record. I was itching to record like immediately. The first weekend I was like, damn, I want to do like a special edition podcast right now where I can just talk some shit because I really need to get some things off my chest. Um, it's been a good summer so far. I was like, High Five Friday uh, has been been on time and on schedule. I, I have some planned even for the tour coming up. So everything is lovely, lovely for Street Fight and... Um, I'm glad you're here. The as boys always, are back in town. Yeah, as always, the boys are back in town. Guess we're, who's back in town? I didn't want to do a show. We're doing it again. Three I weeks. was not into it. I sent the text. I sent the text to Brian, letting him know that he was if he was willing to not do it. He could pull the plug. You yeah. know, no shot. I wouldn't do it. I I was like, I'm happy I didn't. I'm I'm really glad I took it off. I just was like very big on no content. I was tweeting and shit. It just I didn't want to do audio content at all. I was and now I'm back. Like, I was working like crazy, dude. Yeah, I mean, we were both kind of in conversations about stuff and shit like that. But like, uh, I just wasn't. I couldn't record. I yeah. just needed three weeks. But it was great, and we did a show in Columbus, like right before the end there. That was just like really fun and real gratifying. All of our friends and family were there, and that was like really fun and. Uh, Everybody that came out was really great. I think people are going to get to see that. And uh, we're back. We're we're promoting a tour. Yeah. Right? I, yeah. That Well, that was kind of the issue for me, uh, just to break it down a little bit, in that last week uh, we were coming up on, like, a day where we had to have, like, final artwork done for shirts. We had to have final dates for the tour, and this thing has been so hard to book that I was working all week long and I was in like this crazy mood where I really just wanted to stay up for like days on end. And I had to cap all of that so that I didn't like burn myself out. Like I was just so fired up and just wanted to like, I had a thirst for blood. Like yeah. I was just wanted to kill somebody. Yeah. I'm with you, man. I, 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 you know, there, uh, I, I did, I was excited to get back in today. I got real excited that I was getting in front of Mike. And uh, we're, I mean, we're back. We're, I can't see another vacation happen until next year. I hope you enjoyed the shows, the the Gwen show, the Leslie, Q Mars, uh, Katie and Erica all, all were in there. And uh, so that, that was the show. Um, so Brett's got all the dates, right? You got all the tour dates? I do. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about this tour. So, yeah. Um, so what's been going on over the last three weeks while we're on tours, we've actually been trying to get this goddamn thing together. So uh, the DSA convention is happening uh, in at the beginning of August. We're going to be there. 
we have a history making tour that we're, we put together. So it's going to be District Sentinel News Co-op, Trillbilly Workers Party podcast, and Street Fight Radio. This is our first time that we've done like a big ass tour with other podcasts. Next Friday, I, I just still can't believe this. Next Friday, I'm renting a 14-passenger van. We're driving down to Kentucky, picking up Terrence and Tom, driving to, D to D.C., and we're going to do a couple of shows there. July 28th, uh, Sunday, July 28th, we got an early show at 6 p.m. It's going to sell out very soon. The late show is going to be the drunk-ass crazy fucking show. Um, where we will also be able to hang out afterwards and party with people. I think one of the shows has a special guest coming on to the show. Both shows, they're saying. Okay. Well, a no, huge the, guest. One of the, the District Sentinel boys have a guest. We don't want to announce their guest. No, I didn't say that, but I think it's for both shows, they said. Right, yeah. They're going to be at both shows, so you'll have this guest with the District Sentinel guys. And then in Chapel Hill, you get the whole show. You know, I think we have extra time in Chapel Hill, so we'll be able to sprawl out. That's uh, uh, July 30th. Um, that's also going to be a huge show. We have a lot of tickets being sold right now. You got to jump in because they're going to go quick. That's I mean, at the nightlight in Chapel Hill on July 30th. And then uh, surprise, surprise, Florida at Rain Dogs on uh, August 1st. We're going to be in Jacksonville. Jacksonville's on the map. Look yeah, that's up. we had that was out of nowhere. We yeah. didn't we were going to say Florida and we are going to come to Florida next April for WrestleMania. We're going to hit the lower part of it. But uh, this time around in the Southern Tour, Jacksonville, Florida is happening. Yep. Uh, Atlanta, Georgia on uh, August 3rd with a very goth special guest on the street yeah. fight portion of the show. So uh, that's Saturday night. In Atlanta during the DSA con convention, there's going to be an after party that's going to be unreal. The show is going to have a very special guest, the leader of the goth caucus of the DSA, <laughs> the insider. It's going to be um, monument. It's going to be it's going to be historical. All of it is. Really. Atlanta, Georgia, on August fourth, a special guest. Sunday, for August the Trillbillies 4th. will be having a special guest on Sunday. A musical August 4th. guest. I think. I'm going to try to get a sing-along going. Yeah. There's so. a couple songs that I think we can sing, and uh, I was really happy to see uh, the Trillbillies pull this guest. And uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, me and Brad are doing a crossover with another podcast. that uh, The Nashville podcast of, you know. On August you know. 5th, it is a full crossover with another podcast, uh, and we're not going to tell you who it is. It's censored. It's censored who this is, but it is a podcast and uh, tickets aren't on sale yet. But just, you know, Monday, August 5th, be there. You fucking don't want to miss this. This is somebody that Brett and I have never worked with before. And uh, it's exciting, man. It's so fun to get up with other people. And, yeah. uh, and you know, all these shows have the Trillbillies and the Sams, too. Like, all yeah. these shows have special guests. This is a fucking, we're trying to make this a big deal. Who, Hooting, hot, hollering, hell-raising, uh, all of it, we are going to have a good-ass time. So, if you want to get tickets, go to streetfightradio.com. At the very top, uh, on the right-hand side, there's a link to the tour info with ticket links you can click on. If you want to... Honestly, if you just want to skip all of that, go to store.streetfightradio.com. You can get tickets to every single show except for uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Those are being handled by the venue. 
So those are a little TBA right now, uh, but it is coming soon. And uh, and get them uh, now. Uh, I mean, we, honestly, it it will sell out. You're gonna be. I, I'm gonna put some. I, I'm gonna leave walk ups. I'm gonna leave some room for walk ups, but. Uh, I, I would just buy the ticket now if you can. And we want to say uh, there are uh, tickets that you can get discounted because these are pricier tickets. It's three shows with guests and travel yeah, and a we, lot of stuff. So Yeah, we really did a poor job of planning this, uh, really, but because... Like we just put the we we had to put everything out there and you know it the tickets are twenty dollars twenty five dollars to do that it's because we have seven people traveling in, <laughs> traveling in a van and means we, TV we, we have to yeah means TV is coming along Nick from means TV is going to record the whole thing there's going to be video there's going to be audio I think um, uh, some people might try to take Brian walks yeah some of the boys from the other Brett is grandfathered in because he has taken many Brian walks, but maybe I'll take the Trillbillies or the Sams out for a big walk in one of these cities. But like, I mean, honestly, I mean, I've done, I've done the math and you know, we're, we're going to need $10,000 to do the whole fucking thing. Yeah. And like that, if we sell enough tickets, we'll be fine. And I right now am giving loaning street fight a few thousand dollars of my own money. And it is really hard to do and not freak out yeah. but i believe in it enough i don't think people should believe in their project because most of their projects suck <laughs> but this is something that i know i'll get my money back on but right now when we're shopping for a house like you don't want to tell your wife like uh well i had to buy a whole bunch of shirts for the podcast you know yeah and but anybody that's out there that are like hey we can't get i wish we could go to these shows basically here's the thing if this thing works this is going to be the model for at least a few tours a year. I mean, we're still going to do just me and Brett, obviously, at times. But, like, this well, – here's my belief about this. And I, I haven't got to talk about this on the air or anything like that. But when you do a podcast and you want to uh, go – you want to do live shows, right? Like, that's the thing. It's yeah. like it's time to do a live show. The, the, the way to set up – the way to set up a live show is you have to go and book a show, which who has ever done that, right? And then you got to go do an hour on stage the first time you've ever been on stage. I think that is a shitty model. I think yeah. it sucks. It doesn't help anybody that's new at this thing. You know what I mean? Like the Trillbillies have only done two shows. And, and, and for me, I think that providing a space where somebody who's never done it can do a half hour, 25 minutes, 15 yeah. minutes, like... That's how comedy works. And and I know it's harder for podcasts, but now that me and Brett have sort of the 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 thing we're able to do, we're now that me and Brett are able to do this, we want other people to be able to work their show out the way you know, we sort of weren't able to do. I mean, we did the first three or four shows. We usually had the Chapo guys with us. So there were seven people on stage and it was kind of a little easier to deal with. But like uh I'm 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 like really fucking excited about this. Uh I can tell you this too. In August, at the end of August, there's gonna be a tour or at least one show with somebody else. And in October, we're going to Texas. And in November, I think we might be going back out west and we might be doing doing it up big out there. So like just keep stay around and, and we're we're doing it big this year. This yeah. is the vacation's over. It's time to fucking work. Yeah. You know? And uh, so let's get to work, dude. Yeah, we're doing a lot. Um, 
Please no, let's up. get to work and do a show. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> I know that. But I'm just I just want to let him know, like, uh, yeah, get in there, grab the tickets if you can, store.streetfightradio.com. Uh it is it's really fun and it's gonna be cool to, you know, head out there and do these big shows. Uh it's just gonna I'm already excited. And what we've done with the tickets, uh, is that so like for the twenty and twenty five dollar ticket level if you can't afford that, like if you are trying to take your partner out and you can't have 50, you can't pay $50. I totally understand it. We do offer a half price discount and we also offer an option where people can pay for the other half for the ticket. And uh, so far Chapel Hill has been like the sweetest ever there's, they've already bought like 15 extra tickets. Yeah. So I'm going to figure out some sort of charity that we can put the money towards that's left over. I'm not going to keep any of it, but um, God damn it, they've done a good job. They've done a really <laughs> good job of like just stepping up and uh, making sure that people can buy those tickets. So, you know, if $20 sounds crazy, we'll sell, we you know, $10 works for us. It's pay what you can afford. And, uh, you know, because we want everybody to come. And, you know, I, I got to say, just because I know we have a, we do have homeless listeners that listen to us and people that you know don't have money, you can also message us if whatever your situation is, you can get into our. We show. don't price people out of shit. Yeah, nobody ever. money is not the op, you know we don't need money from everybody that wants to come to our show. Yeah, we're not we, going to price you out ever. That's these, always been a the policy. <laughs> I, I I have to say the people that have extra money are doing the right thing and covering the costs above and beyond to make sure that the folks that, you know, can only pay $10 for a ticket can get in. So I, I'm honestly really touched by the whole thing. I, 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 I mean, it's awesome what we've done here and to get, you know, uh, the Sam's and the Trill Billy's baptized in this fire is going to be awesome. It's going to be great. And, uh, so, uh, I took a little trip on my vacation. I went to Milwaukee. Oh yeah. I like that city. I love it there. Yeah. That is like one of those places that you're like, why do you have winter? Like, just don't have winter and I could live there. It's north. Because <laughs> I love it there. I love that city. I think it's beautiful and there's so much cool stuff there, but they got what's, winter. What's the draw? Uh, it's beautiful. The it nature, like yeah. trees and stuff, I mean, green. You went, you went with me. It's like an urban area that's green. And yeah. it just, like that kind of thing. We used to have that here. In Columbus, Ohio, we used to be sort of an urban area that had trees. You do have them still. Well, I mean, but they yeah. cut a lot down. It is pretty wild though. When we, when I lived in Dallas and we would come back home from the freeway and we'd be driving on the freeway, it would be insane how green it was. Felt like yeah. you were driving through a forest because there would be trees on the side of the road. That's with what leaves on them. And I stuff. mean, Milwaukee has just like rivers running yeah. through town and a big lake and like crazy the restaurants there i gotta say and and you know you make fun of the midwest or whatever like that the food is all heavy and shit they vegetarian options at every place vegan options at every place and like a lot of times those heavy food places those those like you know sausages like i went to a place called oh it was the best place uh the vanguard it is uh they show uh 1980s wrestling on oh, wow. screens in there and the the hot the sausages are all named after wrestling stuff and uh they have draft cocktails Which and they had vegan ones i had the eddie guerrero of Ooh. course i like mexican food yeah mexican you're a chorizo guy. guy yeah <laughs> yeah the eddie guerrero 
Um, all right. So uh, let's do some podcasting, man. Yeah, the Vanguard was great. What what a great place. I, I really love Milwaukee. Good place. My family had fun. My wife and daughter were really surprised at how much they liked it because it felt like I forced them to go. And uh, then when we got there, they were like, what a city. This place is great. It's yeah. so beautiful, you know? Yeah. All right. Um, let's start out, you know, let's just, can we jump in on the deep end, Brett? Okay. Okay with you? I'm, I can go deep. You got, I got this uh, Ian Omar tweet, okay? And, I don't uh, know where we're going. This is deep for me. It is. Well, we're going to read a tweet, and then we're going to read some responses to the tweet. We don't do this a lot, uh, but she did the clappy hands, right? Okay. Clap. $15 minimum wage now. Clappy hands, right? Right. So uh, she's in the news a lot because the president was completely racist to her. And then everybody else is like completely racist to her. And Nancy Pelosi was racist to her. Basically, everybody was racist to her. She has the headscarf <laughs> that triggers patriots. Yeah. So uh, but but we're not going to I don't I, I mean, I paid attention to some of that. You know what I mean? But like uh, I, I want to uh, I want to go through some of the comments on this that are infuriating me. There's Joey Salad. At first, his name's Saladino. He's apparently an independent YouTube guy running for office. Oh, he did the clappy hands and he said unemployment, cut hours, struggling small business owners now. So uh, he doesn't understand the format. Yes, that's true. He's just doing a list. He could have done a list and the format would have made sense. But instead, he thinks the clap means a list, not a sentence. It's like a bullet point or something (laughs) to him. (laughs) <laughs> you gotta be more concise i mean the the the, the thing is uh unemployment here's the deal if you know if they cut hours I'm, I'm just gonna say this you're making more money so it means a little less you know and the unemployment thing not true hasn't happened anywhere else where this has happened right we we now have a fucking model for it right see a, a, a lot of the major cities that we go to have a higher minimum wage. We bring it up on stage all the time. Yeah. And and I have never heard, like, I have looked at the research. I, I When I was in college, I looked at some of the research about SeaTac and Seattle. They, they did a lot of stuff about the SeaTac part of Seattle. And it didn't hurt. It didn't fucking yeah. hurt anybody. Right? So let's just cut the unemployment shit right out. That is just not going to fucking happen. Yeah. And then cut hours again, uh, maybe. But um, you're making more, so there's that. Like, you cut somebody's hours at $7.25 an hour is different when you cut somebody's hours at $15 an hour. <laughs> Still more yeah. money coming in. Uh, and struggling small business owners. And uh, my answer to that is, who gives a shit? So, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's a theme on these replies, Brett. Uh, this, the, let's see. Uh, one guy says, make it a million an hour and we will all be rich. I like that. Which is like some Smart. weird fucking thing. And uh, well, that's, I mean, uh, I mean, that's one of those get rid of money. I mean, he's just saying get rid of money, right? <laughs> we can make it completely pointless if we yeah, want, right? He's being a smart mouth. This other person did the clappy hands and says, this is what $15 minimum wage gets you and posted a picture of the... Uh, self-service kiosks yeah. in a McDonald's. Which is not true at all because in Ohio, I think the minimum wage is still, what, seven seventy-five or something? Right, and they still are doing it. And the Wendy's is like, yeah, you can't get a real person to take your order anywhere. Like the Taco Bell has it, um, but let me see what the Ohio minimum wage is. It's seven fifty. 
Is but, it still? Yeah. 855. Oh, 855. So it's these junk. kiosks are coming no matter what. And again, there's not a robot to serve the food. No. They so are actually, st- they only ever hired like two cashiers. When, when's the last time you went to a fast food restaurant and were two, ca- at least two cashiers yeah. working and they still yeah. need two people to hand the food out. So no, those yeah. didn't replace anything. No. The it's cash- not like they were going to hire four people to replace the four kiosks. One of the cashiers is actually supposed to be on the grill. Yeah. You're taking them away from the grill. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just these people, uh, these people are, are crazy to me, man. Like it's just fighting. I hate this fighting for like fighting against people getting a bigger cut of the profits, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, um, what, what I, when I was talking to, uh, Erica about selling the shirts and everything, the guys and gals, non-binary pals, I was like, you know, I was like, I, I was just sitting around and thinking about it. You know, $28 for a t-shirt is like, you know, 10% of the take home pay for somebody that's making minimum wage, you know, in the state. It's like, my, and then she was just like, we have to, can we get rid of more of our money? <laughs> that's what she said. I mean, you just like, how could you advocate for someone to make less than that? I know. That's- I feel terrible that we we do twenty dollars an hour for street fight and have no benefits at all. Yeah, you know, or because taxes are going to end up eating up a fucking third of it too. Right, and we know? only hire people that have. I mean, we only hire people with other jobs. It's still right. not right, you know. Sure, um, it's just, but it's. I don't know. It's like uh, I don't know how you could advocate. I I don't know how you could. Honestly, do the math on making less than $15 an hour and think that's appropriate or necessary or okay for somebody to live on, you right. know? Well, I have, a, I have somebody like making a steal from you. I have somebody, yeah, that's true. See, I have somebody actually making an argument for it right here. And it's, uh, I stand with Trump, Clear Flynn now, and, uh, is the name. Never gonna happen. Minimum wage isn't intended as a living wage. It's a gross overreach of feds to determine market values in a capitalist economy. You're fra- you're fired, is what they said. So. Hashtag, hashtag fraud squad. Yeah. And that to me is like, why isn't minimum wage intended to be a living wage? What's, why? Are these jobs? Yeah, the well, why would argument. you set the? I mean, what would you set the? I mean, you're setting the minimum is what like the miserable life. Like you want to be like we need we set a minimum for the most miserable that you can be so that you'll be sparked to change. You're right too, because that's what though. So they're saying there are jobs out there that you have to have. You have to get this job at yeah. some point, but you can't live off of it. No, that's no, not going to be struck. You're going to be in hell. It's, it's going to immediately make you not want to work there. But let's take into account a place. We'll, we'll just throw in Burger King out there yeah. as a place, right? Well, Burger King is also open during the hours where teenagers are in school. It is also open, some of them 24 hours, some till 2 to 4 in the morning. So who works the shifts at Burger King that teenagers can't work yeah. because they're in school? What do they what deserve adult, to get paid? Right. Yeah. Why what, don't they get paid? Right. What 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 person that can give you hot crispy onion rings at one thirty in the morning? Should they have a precarious living situation? Should they not have like insecure housing? Should they be on food stamps and like you know getting assistance? But I I don't under I don't it doesn't make any sense to me. We don't have we don't have that conversation. I don't I don't think it's ever put to people for them to answer. 
that to that because that's what we – I mean, I feel like that's what we're putting – that's the well, culture. It's a thing that really bugs me. This is <laughs> – I hate to go into more Mike Rowe yelling, right? Well, I guess, you know, 15 minutes into the first show back is a good enough time to start yelling at Mike Rowe. But he doesn't value those jobs at all. You know, he, when he comes no. out and talks about working people, he's not talking about the people that are working at those jobs. That's the – and, it's and, all that's what that's what that's what we don't buy into. I mean, that's where we diverted from the path where that we said like, "Hey, just because we're not like the head of a company doesn't mean we're fucking worthless and that we deserve to be treated like garbage." You know, because that's what we're being sold is that like, "Hey, I mean, if you don't if you don't if you don't achieve and become the highest person in your class and you know." cutthroat and be a killer all the way to the top of some fucking establishment, you're going to be someone that does a utilitarian job and you deserve to struggle. You know, yeah. it's like, I don't get, I don't, well, it's not like those. Why, jobs. Is the, why is the minimum wage not a guarantee that like, you know, this person isn't going to live in precarious circumstances and they're not going to disappear. Those jobs are always going to need to they, be we done, need them. which makes them valuable. They're important. Yeah. Like a guy that works at a, a car wash is always going to need somebody to work at the car wash. Yeah. Cause well, I know that's a job that people like to goof on a lot is car. Oh, you work in a fucking car wash. And it's like, but like somebody has to wash the fucking cars If people want their cars washed. Yeah. Then somebody has to wash the fucking cars and it just doesn't, you have and to, by the way, those electric ones, they don't get nothing off the car. So, you yeah, know, you do need a human to wash your car. Yeah. I never do it because I don't believe in washing cars. I'm against it. Um, here's a, <laughs> I, I think of a car as like a bubble that keeps the outside off of you. And why would you <laughs> clean the outside of the sure. bubble that keeps the outside off? It's of just you? it's a protective barrier. It's <laughs> yeah. going to get dirty again. So I think a house is too. I see a motherfucker like power washing their house. And I'm like, no, it's that's where all the dirt the dirt gets on the house. You know, yeah. wind will blow it off and whatnot. It's uh, fine. Sometimes um, it builds up in sags. Here's somebody. Montgomery Granger is the guy's name. And it's his avatar is his picture with his wife and like 17 kids. Like he's Love holding it. three of them. And, and this is his smart ass remark. a cornucopia of kids that are spilling <laughs> yeah, can, out of it. Can you see it? <laughs> so Montgomery says, why $15 an hour? Why not 20? Oh, yes, yes. Or 1450? No. Were small business owners no. consulting? How about women and minority mm. business owners? Did somebody bother to ask them what impact your arbitrary vote buying stunt would mean to their bottom line? Layoffs and cut benefits will be the cost, America. This this guy is uh this guy is an educator. He's from the art. So he oh, is a uh, uh he is a uh Cuz why is so he asking kids. about people of color? Like what? What is that strategy for a guy like him, where he's just like, oh, do people? Well, no. I mean, you're just you're because they they think he just thinks that all the people, you know, he just thinks that we sit around and think about how guilty we uh, we feel about that, you know? right? And no, I don't give a fuck about those small business owners either. Like I, when when somebody makes the question, were small business owners consulted on this? It's like small business owners are consulted on everything all the time all we ever hear about is what small business owners think and we almost structure our fucking whole ideology a lot of times around small business owners so yes i'm sure they were consulted but also fuck them if they say no because they, they will say no they don't want anything you know yeah. they feel yeah. entitled to people's labor 
And and the the fucked up thing about a lot of small businesses is they do tell you when they hire. You know, we joke around about the family thing, but they they tell you like, oh, we we don't want to hire somebody that's just gonna leave, but we can only pay you the minimum wage. It's like, so what the fuck am we doing here? We don't How am I supposed to do this? We don't get have enough hours to give you benefits, but we expect a full commitment from you. Yeah, yeah. So those are some of the. Uh, uh, Omar, those are some of the responses. We, There's I mean, a lot of a, really a, racist uh, ones it, in here. It's but. just such an uphill battle, dude. I mean, people are conditioned to accept nothing. Like, we've all been told that we don't deserve anything because we aren't the captain of industry, because we aren't leading this, the, the charge. And they have this just terrible negative perception of themselves that like if you're the low person on the totem pole you deserve shit until you decide to not be that and it's just not the case you know yeah and this is just so much like this is hideous like this person centrist piglet on twitter i don't know why you would make your name that but maybe you're talking about piglet from uh Winnie the Pooh, who I always found to be a very cute character, so maybe they maybe just like Piglet. They're like a trash pig uh, or something. How, how are small businesses supposed to afford $15 an hour for unskilled labor or high school kids who may or may not even bother to show up to work? Well, I'll say this. I'm just going to say this. If they don't show up to work, you don't have to pay them the $15 an Yeah, hour. you save money. It doesn't even become a problem there. Uh, I've been a manager in low-skilled industries. There needs to be higher entry wage for skilled jobs, but not unskilled jobs. What makes working the drive-thru at McDonald's an unskilled job? Because I've done it. And I can't plug you into the drive-thru running the cash register at fucking McDonald's. I'm, I couldn't take you to McDonald's right now and sit you in that drive-thru and be like, yeah, just, you know, do the drive-thru. Like, it, it, you, it's well, not unskilled. It's a skill. Yeah. And these people just, you know, I, I, <coughs> it just sucks because they can't fathom or put together the way that, like, if someone was getting paid enough money to afford to have some more financial comfortability they wouldn't be missing work over like car problems they wouldn't be like taking you know having to take the bus to go get groceries and then the bus be late and then they're late to work like a lot of a lot of problems disappear when people don't have to spend their time chasing after every nickel that they're about to lose. Yeah, or the, spend their time working like 40 hours a week in a job that you're not supposed to keep so you can find it, so you can't. Like, that, that's the other thing. That happened to me at the cable company when I worked there and at the call center. I remember just being like really miserable and I really want a new job. But then also, how? Where do I, when do I do that? When I'm when I'm employed somewhere, if I'm working at McDonald's, when do I go look for this new job that I'm going to move up the ladder? Yeah. When do I do that? There are so many people, Brett, that are like, you know, older that 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 maybe uh, didn't have a high school degree that uh, got the job and was like, I'm going to be the best at it that I'm the best damn burger flipper there ever was. And like they deserve to. They worked there at, like, I just, I worked with so many people in these unskilled jobs who worked really fucking hard. Yeah, constantly. I mean, when, when you're sitting, do these people, when they go through the drive through at, at a, a fast food place, do they ever look in the window of what the person that's taking the orders is doing while they're in, 
because they're okay. You're listening to somebody and you're typing in, you're, you're doing the cash register as you listen to the person order the food and carrying on a conversation, talking to a person through a speaker and you're talking, you're having a conversation with a person at the window who you have to get their money and count their money and make sure that you have it so that they can then go down to the next window. If you're lucky, a lot of these places only have one window and you're also getting drinks and you're gathering the order together and you're putting all of that stuff together. I don't, I don't see that as unskilled. I see that as like somebody who is like great at multitasking, yeah. great at it. And I've, I've just seen people work so hard at these places. And then, you know, a lot of the comments on this also talk about at the fast food places, how like the people have a bad attitude. It's like, if you're paying them $15 an hour, their attitude's going to change. I yeah. can just tell you from every time yeah. I've been paid enough, like when I was at the cable company, I felt like I was being paid a decent wage. I was never mean to customers. I was yeah. never a dick. I was always just like, I'm proud of this job. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of what I'm making and, and shit like that. And I was always nice. Like they just don't want you to have anything. To, like it sucks that there's so many people out there who don't want you to believe in any, like you can't believe in yourself and you can't like be great at some, like just, you can't just get a job and fucking do it. You know, they don't yeah. want you to be able to just get a job and just that's your job. I would and be I, happy to work at Arby's, dude. Well, and it, and it also is a, it's a matter of like, um, you know, making it easier for young people that are in their 20s to have like a secure footing so that they do have an easier time finding what they're good at, their strengths and their passions and where they can be slotted in. Mm hmm. Like so many, like I, we lived through so much precarious fucking situations trying to make life work on, you know, $9 an hour on $8 an hour and also having a house and food and all of that stuff. Like, you know, we, you know, we've now be come into our own and done our own thing. You know, uh, a lot of the people that I know that also, you know, were in those situations have developed into you know the mature regular old normal adult that you expect but why the the hindrance was totally not worth it there was nothing about it that was that made it any better like i like i only wanted to be paying my bills like yeah. i've only ever wanted to like be able to pay back the stuff i promised that i said i would you know uh i didn't want to have to be dodging and doing financial gymnastics and 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 you know piecing together multiple jobs and things like right. that. You don't want to be like writing rubber checks. You didn't what do want, we, we don't did want, you want your fries? There's nothing we get. Like we all, we're all too embarrassed to talk about it. I no, know. It, like we can't even make, we can't even have fun with it. But then we also demand that everybody be forced through it. You yeah. Know? Well, and I, not even, not, not even everybody. Like it's what I think what pisses me off the most is just just the, the lack of class class solidarity when I look at like my relations and like Ken and I look at my graduating class of people that are on my Facebook and it just really makes me fucking sad that they can't see that we're all being like forced through this fucking, you know, it's system. a meat grind. It's just, yeah, it's just sieve. really is like just something that's going to spit you out on the other but, end with but nothing. And the people that are in charge will never have to touch. They, you know, I, I like, it's like I want to acknowledge like the struggle and the grit 
in the determination it took to make it through a lot of this like struggle of mm -hmm. making it. But it's not something that I would think my daughter's going to benefit from. Like no. I would, she would be, no. she would be better off having a comfy position at a fast food place until she could find something more streamlined than what she wants to do. Like I, I, I don't see what the point of making it so that she has to uh, end up in some sketchy living area would be, you know, I guess I don't know what, like, I don't know why in a, in an People economy are, that miserable. is miserable, but, but uh, in an economy that is mostly service now, why these jobs are considered stepping stones, because we obviously need a certain amount of service people. You can't say that if most of the, if most of us are in the service industry, I've never had a job that wasn't in the service industry roofing, but other that's service though, right? Yeah, because you're servicing. Eh, I mean, whatever. That's the only close. But everything else was in the service industry. If I left this show, I would go into the service industry. Yeah. If if most people that graduate from college are going to end up in the service industry. And it, that is the industry that most people that graduate high school, the cable company is the service industry. I'm going and servicing people's homes and, and shit like that. And like working with customers directly with customers. And it just feels like, you know, or a call center, but these are the jobs and these jobs shouldn't be considered stepping stones. No. They should be, if, if service industry is the thing, it's kind of like in the labor movement where they were like, these fucking idiots that work in factories, they want to get paid a fair wage. And now we're like, oh, if you don't work in a factory, you're a piece of shit that doesn't deserve a living wage, you know? And uh, it's yeah. a thing we got to fight for. We we really do got to sort of, we, we have to, I don't know how you articulate to people how difficult it is to work at the lowest rung of a call center or to work at a fast food restaurant or a big box retailer. I just don't think these are, and even if they're low skill, you're fucking lifting shit. Your body is worth something too. Yeah, you know, right. every job, well, I guess what I'm getting at is, any job that they say is minimum wage and doesn't deserve to make a living wage is taking more from you yeah. than a job like we have or that yeah. a CEO or something. They're, they're, you're actually giving them more than a lot of people that feel as though they've made it. And I also think that like a lot of people who are against uh, safety nets and the minimum wage and shit like that are people that were always... I mean, I can't say all the time, but if we looked at a percentage, people that had a family to go to or, or uh, parents to yeah. ask borrow if money, not, if not, fifteen dollars, it doesn't have to be. It every. doesn't have to be that. Yeah. It's just bias. It's just survivorship bias. I mean, that's true too. It doesn't even matter whether you don't have to prove that whether they were well healed or not. Somebody will be successful. Like that. That's what. Um, that's what I, I really want to want people to reckon with is that, you know, uh, there is a lot of American dreams that come true. I mean, we mm -hmm. can't say that it doesn't happen, that people don't get to have like a, a house and like a living wage and all of these like all of these things. But when you look at the numbers, like we're you yeah. know, like you were saying, the rest of the people that are making this world happen for them, yeah. for, the, for this McMansion living person to have like coffee from a drive-through stand at six in the morning means that somebody rode a fucking public transportation, you know, yeah. at yeah. four in the morning. And, it, and 
It's um, you know, the trade-off is is stupid. We're on we're all on social media now. We know, we are able to con- have a, a global like out loud conversation and uh we still can't break through I to mean, these people for them to understand what day-to-day life is for somebody that isn't making $15 an hour and I mean and 15 is still just not enough no. for what to be able to pay your student loans, to be able to set aside for your kid's college, to be able to have, you know, the good groceries, uh, to be able to go out to eat, to be able to have clubs, shoes, all that stuff. $15 an hour isn't even scratching the there. surface. No. Yeah. no well, you- I think I think I want to – I do want to – because you brought up the social media and people not talking about their situation and stuff. I, I mean, I think I knew you – I don't know. I think we knew each other six months before we had these conversations. And it, and to me, like having these conversations with you was was like mind blowing. Right. And I don't know if it was to you, but just us talking about payday, like our, you know, the Friday routine. Right. Every other Friday I get off work. I drive to check smart. I give them five hundred seventy five dollars of the seven hundred dollars I made on my check. I go out and I might buy some weed. I might take some pills. I might party. Saturday, I get up. I drive to Check Smart. I give them a check for $575 dated for two weeks later. And I'm just going to keep doing that. And I did that. I did that for four years or something like that, right? And And I had one friend who did it. And we had had conversations about it. Um, and then you, you were the only other person that talked about something like that. It is, it is ground into us that that should be humiliating. I even wonder where I would be with that if I wasn't an entertainer, which part of my thing is telling my story is like sort of my brand and, and like I can get away with it. But how would you feel talking to your, uh, in-laws about something like that? Like, how would you feel sitting down and talking to, to like if you were still in that cycle, if you were still in that cycle, they did the same thing. Okay, I mean my 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 in laws li- were living the same life. I mean, mine they, too. They, my kid, my think my mine came up under worse conditions, and and like for me, the reason I'm so candid about it was because uh, there was this place called Check Into Cash, which I fucking <laughs> I loved their commercial so much in the middle of the night because it would just be like a car like. It would just show like a still picture of like cars wrecks and be like check into cash, and then it would ju- and then it would show like you know just all these different disasters. Be like check into cash, and then it would kind of slow it down to the end. It'd be like check into cash, and then it would you know then it would just have like the list of the fucking locations. God, I mean, but I remember going to check into cash and uh, you know ri- writing in Brett Payne on the thing, and the guy was like, oh Payne. Your mom. I saw your oh. mom the other day. <laughs> your mom writes here too. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't know if there's like some sort of HIPAA violation with that or something. It's, I don't know if you're supposed to keep that under wraps, but I was just like, yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up doing this as a kid. You're like, I'm a legacy. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got, can I get grandfathered in? Is there like a, can I get a lesser disc? Can I get well, a discount? Even the humiliation of that. Like, I, I, I love to. I love to but talk they're there. About, I mean, the, yeah. that's the thing is that like the stupid this American life, anybody you could stop. There is a every 
five miles, there is a payday advance place yeah. in every part of America. And there is a thousand stories at that place of yep. people that are going to work, probably doing 70 hours worth of work a week. If you include all of the time they spend jumping back and forth, juggling money, doing money orders, doing transfers, getting cash and all of that shit. And those, and that's the regular life for the people that make our existence happen. Yeah. I, that I mean, make sure that there isn't dirt in the corners of the rooms wherever we go, you know, that like prepare the food, that do all of the services, that provide all of the luxuries that we, we love. And, you know, we're supposed to look down on those people because they didn't decide to become like Silicon Valley brainiacs. Like yeah. they did, they, they are like, yeah, you're not really an Uber mensch though that would decide that build an empire. Like, what are you? <laughs> yeah. You're nobody. You're just somebody that does a reliably good job of cleaning up after me. Like, that's worthless. I could clean up after myself, but I'm better than that. Yes. That's so good. <laughs> that is, because with me, it was like, I, I can tell you that I, I, I was, I don't know, I was maybe 20. Or 21. And uh, I remember getting paid. I got paid and my wife got paid on the same day. Right. And we sat down and we did the bills. We wrote the checks. We mailed the checks off. We paid everything because this was like the late 90s, early 2000s. We might have actually went paid somewhere. We get done. And I'm like, well, what do we got left? You want to go like you want to go out to dinner tonight? You know, let's go out and get some dinner. You know, we're done. We just got paid. What do we got left? $120 yeah. is what we had left. I just remember being like, fuck, man, I'm at work 40 hours a week. She's at work 40 hours a week. And after I pay for, we weren't paying a car payment. After I pay my rent, my electric, my cable, my gas and all that shit, I got 120 bucks left. And you just want to fucking pull your hair out. Yeah. And then you look at each, my wife looked at me and said, have you ever heard of uh, CheckSmart? And I was like, no. And she was like, they'll just give you money. Yeah. And I was like, they'll just like give you money. And she was like, yeah, it's like a loan. And then you can pay them back Short in term. two weeks. And and so I looked into it and it was a hundred bucks. We can get a hundred dollars, you know? And in your mind, you're like, a hundred dollars is going to solve all my problems now. Yeah. It sounds crazy. But in your mind, you're like, I'm going to go fucking eat at Applebee's tonight. I'm going to get this hundred bucks. Yeah. I'm going to go eat at Applebee's. I'm going to get some treats. And then it's just five years of going back there. It like yeah. traps you in this circle where it's like, then the next week. You pay it off, but then you're like, ah, I need that money though. Yeah. I need that 120. They're like, oh, oh, you can have it back. You can rewrite. <laughs> Yeah, you don't even have to come back. Just rewrite while you're here. Yeah, it's so predatory. Well, then they changed the laws in Ohio, and you couldn't rewrite after you paid. And so near the end, there, I had to come back the next day and write yeah, the check. Yeah. And it's human. Dude, it sucks. They they ask for references where like they ask for six people they can call, and then you're getting on the phone. Like I call my sister and be like, "Look, they're gonna ask you if I'm like trustworthy." I'm yeah, yeah. Let you know I'm getting a payday advance. Don't judge me, okay? Like you find your least judgmental five friends. <laughs> no, yeah, no. When I burned the bridge, one of my friends from high school was like, "Yeah." He's like, those checking to cash people fucking were calling me like crazy. And I told him I had, I had to tell him eventually that I didn't know you anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my mom uh, I, got pulled over once and hadn't paid one back. And they, they put her in jail for no. a night for skipping the check. Wow. She had a bench warrant for 
bouncing a check. I dude, there were one of the lowest points in my life, man, was uh so Checksmart was the big company in town and they even owned like Buckeye check cashing. Cause after I burned Checksmart, I tried to go to Buckeye check cashing and they were like, Wise. we're a part of the Checksmart network. So you <laughs> owe us money. And I was like, ah, fuck. So Checksmart's the main one in town. Check into cash was my secondary. Yeah. Right. So one time I, on Fridays, like I would get started like so early. I would wake up, I would go get paid, I would get the money, I would go get a payday advance. I would have to take that money to go pay another payday advance. So I was just getting done with checking the cash. And I'm at this stoplight in this fucking gigantic, like rust and primer colored Buick comes ripping around the corner and just fishtails out of nowhere and just starts barreling head on towards me slams on the brakes slows to a creep and just like kisses the front of my fucking car (laughs) and the guy gets out and he's like oh man i'm so sorry man uh we don't have to get any nobody involved i don't think you did much damage and i look at it and i'm like yeah i don't think it is he just gives me like 200 dollars cash oh and it was just like angel Right. It was a guardian angel. Yeah, he was your guardian angel. Right. And uh disappeared. I didn't have to call insurance. It was it really nothing happened, but I made two hundred dollars. It was it, it was just like at a moment where it was like everything could fall apart right now if you if I have to pay a deductible on my fucking insurance, yeah. you know? Like there's no wild. way I have the money for a fucking deductible right now. It's just wild because when I was a teenager <laughs> A Lonnie Angel, somebody said. <laughs> when I was a teenager, I went <laughs> red and black. Me clothes. and my friend go somewhere. Me and my friend uh go look at CDs at a place and we're driving down this service road. And his car gets fucking sm- T-boned. We flipped around. The song Minus Blindfold by Deftones was playing it when, when it happened. The part where it goes, that part was playing. I never will forget it. And we got out of the car. And this fucking dude jumps out of his car. He's shorter than I am and thinner than I am at the time. He's like. Oh, ain't this a bitch? I don't even have insurance. He's not wearing fucking shoes or a shirt or anything, man. But it happened on a service road. Okay. So it wasn't a public road. So he didn't get busted for the insurance. But it was just one of those things where it was like, he got the dude just fucked up and he got in an accident and we're about to just ruin this guy's life. Because yeah. there was no way to get away because yeah. the car was fucking totaled. The car needed to get picked up. You couldn't just drive off. And right. it's like you're standing there and like I remember just standing there and looking at the guy like, I don't I'm okay. I don't there's nothing wrong with me. I ain't trying to fucking ruin that. You're like trying to explain to the cops, like, I ain't trying to ruin this shoeless yeah. man's life. <laughs> right. Don't- <laughs> Don't throw him in a cage, please. Yeah, yeah. But this was pre-insurance uh, laws, which I still find to be the most frustrating thing. I know that we should. There needs to be like a, a universal car insurance, I think, because I don't think we should have to I, carry it. <laughs> I feel um, I'm I'm in line with the at-fault states, which are like where you just are responsible for your own car. That's every, so like, isn't that here too? No, they require you to have insurance liability. But what, like if you didn't give a fuck, if you're like, if I wreck this car, I will pay out of pocket or I will just total it. They won't let you do that here. You require to yeah. have some yeah, sort of right. coverage for other people. You have to pay for other people. But I feel like whenever I had a piece of shit car, it's like, 
I mean, if this thing gets in a wreck, I don't need anybody to fucking fix it. <laughs> this fucking thing isn't going. If somebody hits this car, yeah, it's fuck. This car is technically right now as I drive it totaled. And if you <laughs> if you give a shit about your fancy ass expensive car, you better buy some insurance to get some coverage for someone like me that isn't going to put any money down on your fancy ass car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is that is insurance was a real hard one for me because. I, I remember I like making it when like it, I no like it money. When it works. Yeah, I remember just making no money and then being my wife is I'm so into I it move now, in actually. with my wa- my wife. Well, I I go You for use it the hell I've been insurance. using the hell out of my insurance yeah, too. I did too, but, but I got flustered on the highway like last summer and uh ran into the back of somebody and just paid insurance and like got it fucking fixed right i use towing for the end i'll use use their roadside assistance i use everything and when i sign up for it i set everything to the lowest possible deductible and if i can get no deductible i do it but i have the money to do that now i remember when me and my wife first started dating i was kind of i don't i don't mean i i i was kind of a loser okay when <laughs> when uh we met and uh and as just a kid, I didn't get my driver's license till I was 24. Okay. Wow. Late bloomer. Well, my parents wouldn't let me get it when okay. I wasn't because they were like, uh, you have to get good grades or we're not going to let you get your license. And I just I was never able there. to pull them all together. When I was like 10, I rode a bike all the way across town to get a slip and slide with a bunch of pennies that we had <laughs> saved. Uh, there's no way that I would have been kept from a license. Right. Like I well, you can't. I rode, your parents I have to fucking, sign shit up. I would have rode a Razor scooter when I was 18 in one day's years old. Well, all my friends drove. Okay. And uh, they, I do. I did have people like that in my life. And but they signed. They like. Uh, I was 15 and a half, man, behind the wheel. Mine said, if you can't get good grades, you can't get your license. And it was D's or I did all right. I had to get C's or above. I I was good on grades. I was not. I never was able to like pull them all together in one report card. You know what I mean? Sure. It was always like, oh, I got some A's there. I got some B's there. Ah, still an F. Just one F. I remember sometimes getting into a fight with them like, man, it's just one F. It's in gym. Like it's not even that big of a deal. <laughs> it just it just never worked out for me, you know. And uh, then when I got out, I just didn't feel like getting it. But I I started dating Katie, and she had a shitty car, and uh, we're working our bills out at one point. I'm like making no, I'm making four dollars and fifty cents an hour as a dishwasher. She's making really good money as a waiter with the gratuity is added on to everything. So yeah. she was making like really good money, and um, so uh. When we start working the bills out, when we first moved in together, she was like, I also need $63 for insurance. And I was like, what insurance? Like 60, 63 fucking dollars. That is fucking crap. What? We're just going to hand somebody $63. Like yeah. I was so flabbergasted it's at the money. idea of it. And then, you know, we let it lapse and she got into an accident and it started a whole chain of events that was fucked up where, you know, uh, we're then paying SR 22 yeah, insurance. My wife is getting picked up by the fuck. Oh, my no. wife is getting pulled over by the police on Christmas Eve. And I have to go get the car and have my dad drive real close to me behind yeah. me. So nobody can pull me up. It was just this whole fucking thing. And it just, like that was, it was not needed. I know. None of we didn't get in an accident. She got into an accident. The guy said it was okay, right? The guy she gets into an accident. She hit something. His car seems fine. Her car's fucked up. The, but the guy is like, 
oh, well, my car is fine. You know, if we don't have to report this, if you don't want to. And then that fucking motherfucker drove his car to his insurance company and had it checked out. And well, he's just a coward then. Yes, but come on, dude. Like, let's fucking saddle this. Like, he thought he thought Katie was gonna beat his ass. I guess you know what I mean. But it was just such a fucking fucked up thing, man. Because it was like, it really sucked. Five years of that SR twenty two insurance. Then it became like a hundred. You had SR twenty two. Yeah, you have to have it if you get busted for driving without insurance. And we don't have it now. That's atrocious. We're good now. But this I didn't was know five that. years of no, SR-22. I knew, yeah, I knew I had one coworker, a good friend of mine that had SR-22. And I, was just, I did not envy that person at all. It sucks. It's real bad because it takes somebody that obviously didn't have money. Yeah. It just and it puts takes a, more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, you're going to be, you're in trouble now. Yeah. That was, it was bad, man. Uh, I saw a thing that I think will piss you off, Brett. So I thought I would throw it out there. Okay. It's from this uh, Twitter account called Micromobility Industries. And what they have is an autonomous micromobility delivery startup that launched a few days ago. And and if you can look on your screen, it, this is a uh, – what this is is it it is a small three-wheeled case, like a cooler or something like that, like a, 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 like a trunk, okay? And uh, these businesses – can load it up with their product that you order and send it to you so that you can get it without somebody having to drive. This is the way to get around Amazon Prime. This is a way to get around like hiring people to do these things. It's a scooter. It's like a three-wheeled slingshot scooter, but it's a cooler filled with goods. And I dislike this thing for many reasons, but I wanted to point out a specific reason for you that i thought was interesting is this thing is programmed right this this micro mobility scooter is or thing is programmed so that it only goes into bike lanes and this thing travels it's set up so that it uses the bike lanes and they're looking at that like it's a positive because it won't be on the road where people are driving it won't tie up traffic and it won't be on the sidewalk where people are walking but I was curious to to know what like what do you what do you think about these like people like starting they're like kind of starting to take over the bike lane like they feel entitled to the bike lane because it seems like the only place that they can go if that makes uh, sense if that question makes any sense to you like it just seems really unfair that these people are allowed to put their robots in the bike lane I guess. I don't I mean I guess I don't I don't know how much energy is used to do something like that. I mean if someone does an Amazon Prime now for Halo type top ice cream and a robot bicycle delivers it to them like what is the cost of that on like the rest of us like what's right. the externalities of that you know The bike I I mean using the bike lane I think cuz this thing doesn't but, take uh, this thing takes up a decent amount of space it looks like uh, how it, fast it does it go It takes up as much as a So as long as it can pass appropriately the really the problem with the bike lane is that like the police stop in the bike lane <laughs> They do they FedEx love that shit. stops in the bike lane like all of the delivery Nobody respects it. Like cars in the bike lane is really more a pressing issue than like 
The robots, I'll wait until I see them. Well, I mean, the, you the don't sc- think that sc- adding... The scooter, I mean, they're just like the scooters in, in Columbus. They haven't added enough traffic that it's been a nuisance. I know. I just feel like adding autonomous things to it adds another level of issues that can happen. Because we always talk about like these self-driving it's- Ubers, right, have hit people. And everywhere that they've put them, they've hit somebody. And I just think... like. I look at the bike lane when I'm out walking every day and those people are just flying down that thing. And and I just the idea of things blocking that I, I think we should be working hard to keep because we need more bikes. People need to ride more bikes. People need to do more mass transit. People need to walk more. Yeah. So it is important I- that we we need to start making concessions to those. Like we need to start helping them do that. We can't. We can't fill the bike lane with a bunch of fucking whatever crazy bullshit yes. that some tech genius comes up with. That's what I that's what I think is that the that's what I think is that this is a really a matter of distribution where it's like should we spend the time and energy and resources to manufacture an autonomous cooler <laughs> to carry drinks across town for people? Is that necessary or they could could they go to a standard grocery store where things could, you know, be dropped off for everybody to fucking pick yeah. up. You know? I think people like, should have to go to the store. I mean, I we're, we're moving, we are moving towards <laughs> more and more the prime now, the, you know, get things immediately. GoPuff is really big in Columbus. Uh, I dig. As the, far uh, as like their ads go, they're always hitting me up. I know that they have a lot of promotions going. They've been around for a few years now, so they aren't, they haven't run, gone out of business. People are doing this. Um, you know, it's a matter of how much you want to like be comfortable with that. Like, oh, I, I don't. What is it? The Earl sweatshirt? Fucking. I don't like shit, and I don't go outside. Exactly. Yeah. Like, how how do we really want to all ascribe to that? Like, are we all willing to make that the pledge of allegiance for all of us that we don't? We aren't willing to just step outside and go pick shit up from one place instead of a fucking three-wheeled bicycle uh, autonomous vehicle delivering something to us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I just don't like these 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 dudes, these companies putting their shit out on the street like without consulting anybody and just kind of being like, hey, you know, there's scooters here now. They're mine. Don't fuck with them. Yeah, I mean, you know, hey, there's this new autonomous thing. It can just go out on the street and do whatever. I gotta get a motherfucking driver's license to go on the street. I mean, it, <laughs> you, know? you know, yeah, it, it is. It is. It's good sci-fi. It's a good TV show. It's not a serious solution. It's not. It's not. It's you know. It's just not the adult conversation to be having. You know, no, I think that's I what it comes think... down to with like the scooters. I I do think the scooters are great for you know. uh resources and gasoline and last mile and all that stuff people seem to be using them but they're not anything more than like a re uh, a resume for some tech billionaire guy to trade it in for stocks and also when we were on the road we kind of talked about that we we had this conversation on the road and you went on line and they said those scooters have a 28 day life. Yeah. <laughs> they last 28 days. So I don't know if it's like when we're talking about conserving resources and stuff, I don't think making a scooter every yeah. 28 days You're is like, a very good use of yeah, resources. People aren't driving their car anymore, but we are creating a scooter, shipping it overseas <laughs> to us, and then destroying it within 28 days. 
<laughs> so there is that. Uh, I don't know. There just needs, you know, I, 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 th- I don't know who's willing to have the challenging conversation. I just want to see. We we don't ever get that elevated thing where someone looks at the nonsense of all of us, like pretending to be busy so that we can get paid, you know? Yeah, and I think... I mean, you know, that's what a lot of it is, is like uh, I make a lot of money doing spreadsheets or computer stuff and convince other people that it's worth, you know, this higher elevated living, and that's only because... Someone that makes a fucking hamburger is worth nothing, you know? And I've had the conversation with you in the past, and and, and I noticed this driving for Lyft, is that, like, if Uber and Lyft are also touted as a sort of solution if people are sharing cars and stuff like that. There's less cars. And uh, I've talked about this with our kind of arts area. that The short north is kind of the place where a lot of things are. And uh, the main road is constantly packed because these guys are stopping to pick up passengers and turning on their hazards and waiting for them to come out. A real adult conversation is, is this actually like a net good, you know, is, is cause I mean, yes, less people are drunk driving, but it's just, it's a a lot of dangerous shit going on. Yeah. It's a mess. There's a lot of, yeah, bad decisions being made and you want to hear a bad. Okay. High tension. I got a bad decision for you. This is going to be our last story tonight. This is from the New York Daily News. As the St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department conducts an internal review of cops who published a range of concerning images and statements on social media, a police union asked its members Wednesday to post a Punisher symbol in solidarity with officers under investigation. Now, that's not the whole... This is the first two... This is one run-on sentence... Or this is one sentence in a story that says so much, really, because there's something that happened during the break that I wanted to talk about with the border patrol. They found those border patrol Facebooks. If you do, you do you remember that they found like a, a Facebook group that is private and for border patrol people only. They had to ask, answer questions or whatever to get in. There were twenty thousand or. Yes, there were 10,000 members of the group. There are 20,000 people that work for the Border Patrol, and they were doing, I mean, the stuff that you would expect to be in that group. The, the well, just, no. I mean, I mean, for our, our audience, they know what's in the group. That's but true. <laughs> a lot of people don't understand that a lot of those folks, like, get by just by thinking disgusting things about the people that they're treating like animals. You yeah. Know? Or that they they say they're protecting, or or that they treat like, and it is true. Like I have, I used to troll a lot on uh, local news pages back in the day, Columbus local news places, and like you would get threatened by guys that call themselves cops at least, at, like a lot of times if you said bad shit about the police. Like these law enforcement, these Leos as they call them, or border patrol people. They're like uh, sick fucking people a lot of times with like them really nasty. Like they have more some of their like some of the stuff that they post is is like some of the worst stuff I've ever seen. If that makes it like any group where those people gather on Facebook at the very least. And I'm in a ton of groups. Yeah. Like that is where you're going to see the some of the worst stuff you're going to see light of, online. They're going to make light of the situation. They're going to have a lot of insider jokes about, you know, the type of horrific shit they're doing. It's and, like that, you know, 
that guy that made that Netflix documentary about how I Al Qaeda, like how those guys make jokes too, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's going to be a little bit of like gallows humor when you do your fucking job. You're going to have like a deep underground Facebook for your memes, you know, yeah, where yeah. you talk about the disgusting shit that you do. But I also, but I think it talks, it shows a little bit of, it shows it's something not, when somebody it, is uninitiated sees it. I believe that it shows something that, because they would deny, uh, they would deny that they have those feelings. Sure. That's no, part no, no. of like our They agreement. can just see why it's funny. Yeah. That's yeah. what it always comes down to. I can see why it's funny. Yeah. Why do you, what? And you know, oh, you're the comedy police or whatever. And it really is just like, well, why is that funny? Can yeah. you explain to me can why that's funny? You know, because if you have to explain why it's funny, and you realize the thing that you're saying is disgusting, and it's what everybody thinks about you too. You know, a lot of these it's cops. Not. You don't think that not everybody. No, man, I'm saying all, all of your critics dude, all think the this about you. Dude, I mean, like people love those people. I'm the reason saying, that there's nothing happening is because people still respect those people. I, they think that there's decent people on the border and that they would quit their jobs if things went too far. Yes. I, I think there is that, but I also think that like when you're crit, the, some of the worst things that me and you might level at the police, you know what I mean? Some of the ways we talk about them. Yeah. And like, uh, even when I exaggerate yeah. about n nasty things that police might think I, that stuff. I mean, if it shows up in the memes, I, I guess somebody thought of it and yeah. I don't know what, I, I under, dude, I like to laugh at bad and wrong shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I am a, I am a person who, who has always kind of had like a, a darker, in, in my personal taste, not what I do, but a darker sense of humor and a darker sensibility and edgy shit and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. And, uh, uh, I guess like, um, I am a darker type of person, you know, I'm kind of like depressed at times and shit like that. Yeah. And I just, I, I wonder what it says about them that the hardest, harshest criticisms that we lobby at the fucking police are things that they see as a positive and a good thing to joke about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's troublesome. I mean, we, I mean, I think there's an empathy to us. I mean, we, we are, are trying to identify with everybody that suffers to make it, you know, make sense of the world every single day. And these are the folks that feel like they're in authority, that they're in charge of making the rules happen. And they're surrounded by a bunch of other grown-ups. You know, I mean, that's all it ever takes is other people. Like, when, like if, if you're doing something questionable, you know, I, I, seeing people behind chain link fence. Yeah, that was a, a dog. I don't give a fuck about a dog or cat behind <laughs> a chain link dude. fence. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, like, you're used to seeing. It I don't give more. a shit about a dog or cat behind a chain link fence, but a human being. Um, I just, I did have a moment that like where I gasped and was just really had to rethink like what that's like if I was to be held behind like that's a chain link fence. Dads, like I, I saw those guys trying to talk. I thought I saw those guys trying to express themselves and explain their situation. And, um, uh, you know, it's just, it's upsetting that 
they don't they don't have the it's the they just lack the empathy to understand what it would be like to be the person looking through the chain link fence they have to be the authority they have to just and they you know like when they when they are overseeing all these people and telling them when they can and can't shower and eat and all that stuff when they look to their left and their right there's another fucking person there that's like standing at attention that is backing up their actions and says what they do is okay. You know? and, and you're totally right. Like when they go grocery shopping in their uniform, somebody might stop and say, thank you for your service. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, they, they are, I, and we've talked about that too. Like they are like, they do hold a prestigious place in the world and that's why we hate them and we're afraid of them. You know what yeah. I mean? That's where the problem. Yeah. Well, the, the, the pictures of Mike Pence. We got, yeah. What? Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. The pictures of Mike Pence, like looking over the heads of the people in that place, like yeah. it was really fucking. That kind of shit is super disheartening to me. That like, I mean, I when I, mean, I looked I, at those people, I saw like corny dads and shit. Like I just yeah. saw like every single s different kind of person who was just like trying to do something yeah. and, and like uh to. To, to look at those people and then say they deserve to be there like that. I mean, like that really fucked it. That fucks with me that they're and, and like you, you can't even tell like you'll say it's a concentration camp and they're like, well, it's not like the, the ones in. Yeah. I mean, in the other place, but it's like, but it is a con that doesn't there. It's different. It kinds. doesn't matter, though. Yeah, there's. Yeah, it doesn't matter, though. I mean, like, that's what we've done. We've descended to the point where people are just like bargaining about whether or not, it, you know, the language is appropriate. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's no real action. I, you know, I had, a, I, mean, I don't know what to do. I, I had a really big problem with this, uh, area 51. Let's all storm area 51 thing, because I feel like it's just the most insensitive fucking joke in the world to make right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like it's just like the Harambe shit where you're making a tangential joke. You're talking about aliens. I know that's not an appropriate term, but there are, you know, aliens at the border and you're talking about a different kind. And you realize that, like, if we did all as a joke, storm Area 51, we could find out exactly what's there. Maybe it would be a big disappointment. Maybe it would be a party. But you're doing that. And I feel like, you know, it's because you're ignoring the fact that you could also do that with these Prisons. people on the border. Yeah, these camps. Yeah. yeah, we could all do the same exact thing. And that would be a funny joke. And that would be a way for us to do to get rid of this problem. Do something real. It, it is because it, it, it is like the amount of hopelessness around this particular thing is I really do think it's because we're at a period in time where it's like, should I be? I always said that if things got to a point where they were rounding people up and putting them in camps or with slavery for it, I have always said like, oh, I would. I would fucking not be putting up with that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And for some reason in my mind lately, it ha I have been like thinking about like, uh, you know, I hate to like make these, these sort of things, but I have been thinking about a guy that's exactly like me that was in Germany during all that shit. You know what I mean? And it's like, he was fucking helpless too. Like we're all like, 
what we it's have a challenge. To, yeah what is it, it really what is because my wife because was like we'll go we went to this vigil and my wife was like ah yeah you know we showed up to this vigil and it's like the mid the vigil makes you feel better like you cared about it enough that yeah. you you stopped and went out there and like hoped that things changed for them but yeah. like uh none of those magical powers of hoping that things change is going to do uh, well, that's uh, why I was, I was kind of telling her, like, when the people show up and they're, we're all standing in front of the state house and shit, like, the person we're appealing to is Donald Trump. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we're appealing to Donald fucking Trump. We're not, like, going to appeal to his better nature or his, like, we gotta, I don't know what something is. I really don't. It's really hard to look at for me, you yeah. know? I didn't even mean to go off on that tangent because I also we have to. I mean, we do have to do it. We do, yeah. That's something. I don't know. You know, well, wh what do you even? What What do you? How, when you think about like just all these times in history where you said you were going to be right, you know? Oh, I was going to be right, and I think you're right now, you know. And I think we're right to be outraged by this, but it's like, well, yeah. I mean, did yeah. you think about how? hopeless it feels to be right did did you think being right was going to make you feel good I, you know <laughs> I, you know what i when i'm annoyed by i mean some of the like i listen to a lot i do listen to a couple like liberal podcasts and they are just doing everything they can to avoid some sort of radical take on the world it's just really shitty that they're still looking at like the democrats as the solution and they're looking at a, at voting the right person in. They don't see that like um, we need to like attack these places. We need to go <laughs> after these places as like uh, a group of people. It's this not, is nothing's going to fix it, but that. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing that's going to matter except for a mass movement um, at the places. We, I we mean, I, I don't, I don't. So, so we need to do this for the show to do it properly, and I don't want to put myself at risk from any to going into jail for anything but i want to say that the uh actions of comrade emmer derudi uh in washington i think are like a step up of like or like a call to action of like what exactly to do you know yeah i mean as far as you know as an anarchist what retirement is honestly we all meet the same fate, and I think that's probably the best way to go. Right. Well, he was doing something that he had. I, I, he felt he needed to do something. He was alive at the time, and he – I I get what you're saying. It, it is just really a thing because it's like being right is bullshit. It's nothing. It's what is it even? Yeah. You know, what? what is what is I'm right, and I know what's fucking going on, and all I'm doing is sitting in a basement and joking around about – payday advances you know what i mean like what does it even mean to be right about this stuff but it is like the the stuff that i've uh, the the i mean we the I, pictures have blown me away like i never thought seeing something would move me the way that the like i dude i almost i was like i was real emotional looking at those pictures i'm not even fucking bullshitting i wasn't like like I, this isn't like a joke or this isn't me like virtue signaling or anything, but those pictures fucking made me want to cry. And I'm like, not that dude, man. Yeah. I'm not a guy like I have, I am, I don't like a real sickness. And like, I look at pictures and things and I feel so separated from them that I, I'm like, Oh, that's a fucked up picture. You yeah, know what I'm, I mean? But I, that those pictures are not 
something that I can look at and neutralize my guilt for even being part of a fucking machine that does this. You know what well, I mean? I mean, it's just that it's just it's it's really concerning for me because I'm ready to get rowdy. And the people that post memes about equality and they they do like liberal podcast pod save america any of that stuff really pedals in like this rat they really try to pedal in radicalism you know there's they other say they are i know they that's what i mean like, it's be like i'm like jay really but jay also thought sometimes you had to vote right you know what i mean <laughs> it's just they miss the mark and i really just i want to see these people these people are not willing to give up like the ability to eat at a chain restaurant and buy mall clothes on the weekend they're not going to put a wrench in those gears to to make a big enough step because um you know it doesn't take all of us you know giving our lives to change this thing it just takes all of us you know stopping the status quo and business as usual to make an impact at these places you know i feel like you know the masses occupying and yeah, you know, going after these places will make a difference. I mean, if you're if if you're a guy that works for that border patrol and twenty thousand people are standing outside of that border right. patrol every day, I mean, you, we're all human, you know. And, and and but it is, it's like, how do you expect people to be able to go and occupy it? Really, like a lot of the, I don't know, man. I mean, I know there are people that believe in this stuff that have money. Are yeah. they necessarily the only people we want at this I thing? Wanna, yeah. You know, I, I want to put some, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about somehow we can fund some sort of radical element to create some disruption. I, I want to do something. You're going to get us arrested. Now we're going to be on the FBI list with the I'm, ICP, I'm ready which has been go. a goal anyway. Um, I'm so ready let's, to go there. Let's, uh, let's end this on the, on the sort of lighter note is that those cops are being investigated for posting the disgusting memes that cops post. So what does the union do? What's that? <laughs> the the story that got us on this thing. The union. About what? Okay. Sorry. Catch so me back up. The St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department is conducting an internal review of cops who published a range of oh. concerning images and statements on social media. Yes, yeah. A police union asked its members Wednesday to post a Punisher symbol in solidarity with officers under Atrocious. investigation. The, <laughs> the, the cop Punisher thing is really fucked and up. And no one's talking about it. I think, I mean, not I've even seen is Rachel Maddow. Like, well, like, is the, is, okay, let's, is the like regular standard democratic liberal mainstream media left? Are they even educating people on this? Like, do folks understand, like, how alarming it is for this person, for Frank Castle to be a fucking hero? Well, of let's law enforcement. Let's actually the skull icon. Like my on, wife would my wife would be terrified if I, I told her what a Punisher skull. <laughs> my wife doesn't know. She thinks it's, I know. She thinks it's cartoon shit. She yeah. thinks it's like what little boys read in their comic books. I know. She has no idea. It's that it's like fucking murderers of the state. It's actually saying <laughs> so, like it really like, says something crazy. Yeah, when you look you at it, you really. don't want to trust that person. <laughs> the skull icon, based on the comic book vigilante, the Punisher, has been widely embraced by the law 
enforcement community as a symbol of the war against those who hate law enforcement, said Ed Clark, the president of the St. Louis Police Officers Association, in a letter posted to the Facebook group. So there's a war against law enforcement, and uh, they want to just kill everybody that dis likes what they did because this blue lives matter has nothing to do with cops getting shot in the streets or anything it has everything no to do war. with people saying i don't like the police that's all that's it all is. it is <laughs> people criticizing them like there's yeah. no war against them i know and the punisher thing it that punisher skull symbolizes something and what it symbolizes in the book yeah what it symbolizes in the book is i mean what are they can't be reading that as like, oh, you know, the Punisher, he only killed all the bad guys and shit. When, in fact, Punisher killed fucking everybody. Like, yeah. that was his, he fucking shot everybody. Corrupt cops, to death. too. Yeah. Just, he was shooting everybody in the area. Punisher would punish, puni punish cops that punish too much. Yeah. Well, he would punish, like, he would be like, I'm going to punish. So, I, Punisher I, sucks. I mean, well, he was good. What was that one video game with Nick Fury and all those guys? I don't know. The Punisher was arcade game. If cops didn't like him, you know what I mean? It's yeah, this they just cop fucked thing him up. That ruins the Punisher because the Punisher. The if you were gonna make a hundred fucking sweet Punisher movies, I would love the fucking Punisher because he is everything. I love movies. Where, like, a dude is like, I'm fed up with this shit. And then he just goes and kills all of his problems. Like, well, I have to, I agree because there's plenty of nights that when I go to bed, I'm like, if someone were to kill my wife and child while I sleep and I awake another day, I would spend the entirety of my remaining life on this earth punishing the fuck out of them and everyone that they're related <laughs> to. Fucking yeah. Brad starts the day. It ha he's like the like Death Wish, yeah. Like in Death Wish, where he just is like, and he goes to the gun store like right away. You know what I mean? He's right. like, I'm gonna get fucking a bunch of guns, and I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna fuck these people. And and that, like, what? I'm not totally. I I love characters like that. Those characters sure. to me, but the, we don't. I need, don't we don't really don't need that for most of what's happening. I mean, there is a very <laughs> minimal amount of Punisher time in this world. <laughs> Right. If there was the name we, we for probably Punisher, we'd meet him like every five years. Ninety seconds a year of Punisher time, where someone is like really doing something crazy, and we got to punish him. Yeah, most of like what the cops are doing is like pulling people over for speeding, right. breaking up two idiots fighting, uh, harassing somebody who's yelling at somebody on the street. Right. You know what I mean? Like Punching somebody in handcuffs. So that maybe. Uh, a different case. You're not the Punisher, dude. Yeah. You're not even the Punisher. Your job is nowhere they near are. as tough as the they, Punisher. That's what they think, though. They do. That's what's scary about That's them. not good. That is what I find very scary about them. I don't between like Between the memes they share and the stuff that they share in public. And, you know, there's been story after story of, of people finding their way in cop forums. Like uh, investigative reporters will get a login yeah. for a cop form and go in and see the things they're saying in there. It's like, so the things they're saying, their idol is the goddamn fucking Punisher. And they all are trying to look like, like badass, like Navy SEAL guy. They're all trying yeah. to look like the rock from Fast and the Furious where he wears that like thing. <laughs> yeah. it's like the bulletproof vest thing on the outside. He's like, oh, hey, I'm the Punisher. The shocking thing to me, though, is that like. 
people have doubled down more on that and made it more normalized. Like, do you get like the, the Punisher Blue Lives Matter is a sticker you can get at any fucking Walmart that you go to. I know, I know. Like it's everywhere. Like we we spoke up a little bit. Like the the left spoke up a little bit. Criticize, like you said. Criticize police. Criticize. That's all that happened. Nothing else. All that happened. They started killing. They start. The black teenagers started dying. We had video evidence of them doing lethal force on people. We criticized the way that they did this shit. That they were punishers and stuff. They were like, "Hell yeah, we're fucking punishers. We do whatever we want. We <laughs> yes. eliminate scumbags." You know, it's like, God damn. And now we've gotten to the point where you know everyday mom and dads are wearing like fucking tennis shoes and socks with part of the proceeds go to leos law enforcement officers yeah i mean we've i mean the ground we've lost is just shocking dude that people like when that cleave people just were literally like yeah the cops got to be punishers like that one one of the districts in kentucky put it on their fucking cars that was they they were like look bad yeah we got new dodge chargers we're gonna reskin them damn things with the Punisher logos, camo, real tree, everything. Yeah. Yeah. But and and rims, alloy rims. Something and this world never existed. I'm not saying this world ever was a thing, but when Brett first moved to Texas, he uh he told me he went to the Kroger and there was a statue of the police. Right. Oh, yeah. And he was like, what was he doing? It wasn't, dude, it wasn't Kroger, man. Or where it wasn't Kroger. What was the cop doing? No, 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 no. Okay. Central market. It's this place called Central Market where, like, every fucking loaf of bread is over $5. All the stuff is super expensive. It's, like, the highest-priced fucking supermarket I've ever been to, Central Market. When you exit the place, there is a bronze statue of an officer that is holding a pad of paper open and has a pencil and is writing a ticket. Okay. That's terrible, right? It's like a shrine or some sort of like, yeah. Right. Okay. That is wrong, you know, obviously. To brave officers that write tickets to keep people in line. You know, here at this this bourgeois grocery store, you know, (laughs) where all of our cheese is organic, we believe that you have to write tickets to keep people in line. Otherwise, they won't do better. Otherwise, they won't try to afford a lease on an Audi TT. That is better than looking up to the Punisher. You know what I mean? Yeah, then, oh like, yeah, I've oh yeah, thinking, sure. I, I've, seen, I've seen like statues of cops like, you know, helping a kid that skinned their yeah, knee or yeah. something like that. And I'm like, so we've gone from them fancying themselves peace officers who go around town and, and fix a skin knee to yeah. now they're like fucking the Punisher. Judgment. They're yeah. like Judge Dredd. <laughs> yeah. They're Sylvester Stallone's. It's crazy how different it is. It is crazy to You're think just, about what the 50s cop, what was the 50s cop stereotype? What was the thing they were selling us? And now what is the thing that they're selling us? Right. You know, like it's so weird to think that that's, they're able to sell us the fucking Punisher. <laughs> and they're both on board. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, I mean, the, the, uh, Democrat people I know are very afraid to boot. Oh, I didn't get to say this. I forgot about this. This is, we were on, we were on vacation. So, uh, on July 4th, I did a 5K. There's one that I did last year. I'm trying to make it like a regular tradition. It's one of, in one of my good friends' neighborhoods. So when we were at the 5K, before they got things started, 
uh, they were like, I want to say thank you to the local fucking Rotary Club. And everybody was like, yay. They're like, I want to say thank you to the local uh, PTO. Everybody was like, yay. And then they said, I want to say thank you to the local police. Everybody say thank you to the Worthington police. Let's give them an extra special round of applause. And like people started clapping and I just like singed, cinched up and out of us nowhere, I was just like, boo. And I started booing the fucking police as loud as I could. And it was really satisfying because when I like looked around, there was two other guys that I made eye contact with and they were like laughing and like smiling and nodding or just like, yeah, fuck the police. Like they were so into it. They were just like so excited to see that I was like telling these fuckers to go to hell. So, uh, yeah, that was a little bit of my 4th of July patriotism. <laughs> Brian's taking a potty, but he's coming back and he has something to say about booing the police. I just love Brett is now brave I, I, as shit. He's can't, he is like, I chicken shit it out at double or nothing. And right. I will not do that at all you, out. You We're mean going during the pledge? Out. Yeah. You, I stood up, remember? You stood during the pledge. I looked at my phone and left my hat on, but you still stood up. The lady up, next you know? to me was literally like Pissed. grabbing my arm, like trying to drag me up to stand. Well, hey, I think part of that might have been her not wanting you to be embarrassed for you, not like, oh, he, he forgot to stand. I'm like lift him up here. You know what I got to say, man? Your brother... Total respect, total respect, because I know that he doesn't agree with the government, with the presidency, with all that stuff, but I know he likes to go along to get along, yeah. right? Yeah. But July 4th, we went to the fireworks. We sat, we laid the blankets down. They played the national fucking anthem. I did not stand up. I was sitting on my motherfucking ass, and he was right down on the ground yes. with me. It's wild, man. We were just sitting there like, no way am I getting the fuck up. Anybody that wants to say something is going to start something. I'll have this conversation right now in the middle of these motherfucking fireworks. I'm, I'm, never I'm down to again. talk. I'm down to talk. I got time on my motherfucking hands. I never felt so bad as when I was stood up at all. Uh, or nothing because I sat down at all out. Yeah. Or all in, I sat and I lived through it. And so now yeah. I'm like in my mind, the next big gathering I go to where they're going to do this is going to be at all out in Chicago. Yep. We're announcing a show soon. And uh, I am going to sit during the anthem. So there's that. Never right. stand for that fucking anthem. Man. And I am willing to have that conversation of why I'm not doing it, too. Sure. And I will lay out a case. I will not just yell at you. So if some motherfucker wants to be like, why are you doing it? I'll be like, well, for this and this and this and this and this. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, uh, that's the sh fun. We just came back, dude. We're back. Street Fighter Radio is we're back. Brief, back. but briefly, really. We got a Q&A show to go for two up weeks. while we're gone. And, and you'll probably get a lot of content if we're going to be staying in a house with all those other guys. We'll probably stream a little I bit. I want to do I'm a sure. show, yeah. I yeah, get some you might stuff see going. us on District Sentinel. You might see Stay them on our show. We're all going to be hanging out together for eight days. So Yeah, it's half stuff. It's happen. 12 days. Me and, 12. You, me and you are doing 12 days. Oh, good From Lord. bell to bell, it's 12, man. It's Friday to motherfucking Tuesday. I'm going to die. Friday I'm to Tuesday, yeah. 
crazy. I'm leaving next Friday for 12 days. Well, I love every one of you. I missed you while I was gone and I'm back and I'm going to, I'm, you know, getting to the point now where I'm going to be doing more than ever. So <laughs> I got new things I'm going to be doing soon. And we got a, a shock jock show coming up. We got a bunch of shit coming up in the pipeline and it's going to kick ass. Yeah. And Southeast uh, coast. I, I'm glad y'all, uh, Come see us. We are doing the show. I mean, get the tickets now. You can go to store.streetfightradio.com, Washington, D.C., July 28th, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, July 30th, Jacksonville, Florida, August 1st, Atlanta, Georgia, August 3rd, Atlanta, Georgia, August 4th, Nashville, Tennessee, August 5th. Go to store.streetfightradio.com to t- for tickets. Come um, see us and our friends. They're so great. Everybody that we're taking is great. And if you haven't heard their shows, listen. Right. And uh, thank you for tuning into the show and what we do. If you want more bonus content, you can head over to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Street Fight Radio to get access to bonus zines, bonus audio, bonus video, all of that. Um, and uh, rest in power once again to Emma DeRudy, uh the in- most inspirational person uh as far as it goes uh, with this conversation on what to do with this, um, you know, I think that, you know, we have to decide where what we're going to do and what we're willing to put on the line. And, um, you know, let's take care of this. It's, it's you know, it's time to stop with the bullshit. There's no more time to, like, talk about it. We can't, know? like, have the discussion of, of how – I mean, it sucks that – because, like, all these conservatives just want to have the discussion where, like, well, it's not technically Auschwitz. Right. And you're like, okay, I'm not right. even talking about that. I'm just outraged with and, it if Auschwitz never existed. I'm still pissed about this. If you, if you were to organize some sort of actions against it, the CIA and the government would infiltrate you probably – convince some of you to commit a felony and then set you up they would kill you i mean there's just no be way careful. to operate in this world you know be careful out there sure and, but uh, uh yeah i mean i'm ready to start raising hell and uh get this thing going again thanks for listening to street fight radio we'll see you on on sunday, sunday we're taking Collins. calls yeah peace
said, a sweet little honey with her eye on your money's gonna take every penny you got. I said, she's never gonna get it cause I've already spent it for all this Your pills, friend, it's all going to pot. I got a hundred dollar bill, you can keep your pills, friend, 'cause it's all going to pot. I got a hundred dollar bill, you can keep your pills, friend, 'cause it's all going to pot. 